Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yeah, welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is, too. But disclaimer, this is a comedy fangirl podcast. So that means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast, though. So if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, Burn the Stage was so fucking amazing. Or, BTS hasn't tweeted in a week, and my Brad ass feels starved. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're in the right place. Today's episode is about Burn the Stage, the movie, which we were lucky enough to get tickets to in our own towns. Yeah, it's incredible that they had showings in both St. Louis and Kansas City. Mm Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, we have to thank you wonderful armies for being here and for supporting us. If you're a fan of this show and you want to show your support for us, you can do that by writing a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. We have a bonus episode coming out tomorrow for reaching 200 reviews, which is like so amazing. And so when we reach 300, we'll do another bonus episode. And if you'd like to show us a little more support than that, you can do that by donating monthly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash standingbts. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. And again, your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out weekly episodes. And any type of support is incredibly appreciated by all of you. But we are actively putting up content on our Patreon, like car videos and upcoming fan fictions and other special content. Yeah. And I am like hammering out all of the details right now of these car ride videos to make them like actually good. So you can see those on Patreon. They are good. (laughs) I'm sure of it. Um, Okay. So today we're talking about Burn the Stage. And I guess... We should kind of say like a little disclaimer before Mm -hmm. because showings of this documentary are now over in theaters and we're not sure if we'll ever get a DVD or if we'll be able to stream it on any platform. So we're going to be reviewing it and talking about it. Uh, So I guess this is spoilers if you ever get the chance to see it. But if you don't get to see it, this is like a synopsis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first off, BTS broke the record for the highest grossing cinema concert production with 1.4 million worldwide admissions, and the record was previously held in 2014 by One Direction's Where We Are. And so the movie was a huge success, at least to say, and it was played over a three-day weekend with a cumulative total in North America of $3.6 million. Wow. And then the event was even larger, um, like, globally, and there was a total of 2,500 theaters around the world, and it accounted for nearly $14 million in ticket sales. Wow. That is insane. Always breaking records, okay? Everything that they do, they break a record. It's... I mean, it's not a surprise anymore. That's not even a lie. Like... (laughs) Like, it's not even stretching the truth. It's tr- every single time that they're, like, up to try to break a record, 
that we hear about or whatever. Like, they broke it. There mm-hmm. you go. And maybe we're only hearing about it because it was, like, something that they broke. If it's something that they didn't break, obviously we're not going to, like, hear, like, headlines about BTS not breaking some record. But, like, it's really fucking cool to see it happen almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. So... <laughs> We both saw this movie, like we said, in our respective cities. So me here in Kansas City and Bethany in St. Louis. And we were literally texting in the group chat, like up until 7 p.m. Like right up until 7 (laughs) o'clock. But we were just both so excited for it. And I went with my two friends, Amber and Sarah, and I... I kind of told them that we should maybe get there 30 minutes before the movie starts. And I thought that would be plenty of time to just grab our seats and settle in. But when we got there 30 minutes Mm -hmm. early, it was almost completely packed. And the only seats that we were able to get were like down up at the front, which are not the best seats, but it's BTS or whatever. (laughs) Like I got a seat at least. Mm -hmm. But there were actually some people at my theater that had to stand I don't know if they sold more tickets than seats or what happened. Or there were, like, people putting one seat in between each other, like, in between groups. So there were a couple people in my theater who were standing for the entire movie, which was crazy. That's, like, I mean, that's really crazy. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, 30 minutes early, and I couldn't even find, like, it was hard for us to find seats. Didn't you go to an AMC theater? Yeah, I went to an AMC. Yeah. You didn't have assigned seats, like, when you bought the tickets? No. I was shocked oh. by that because normally they do, but there yeah, weren't assigned that's seats. That's weird. why I was more eager to get there earlier than what I would want. Mm-hmm. But it was still super fun and pleasant, and our crowd was really great. I didn't really talk to any other armies. I feel bad, but I was mostly talking to Amber and Sarah, and we were just fangirling and whatnot. But what was really, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. It was really neat, actually. Was I guess my airdrop was turned on. I just I just hadn't turned it off. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I started getting these notifications of people wanting to airdrop pictures to me. And so there were these pic- these like memes, BTS memes of Jungkook and Namjoon and all this popping up on my phone. I'm like what? Amazing. <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh my god. So there were there were a handful <laughs> of people in my theater who were just airdropping shit to each other, and it was really fun just to look at all the pictures they were sharing. That's incredible. That's, like, such army culture. Like <laughs> It really is. <laughs> like Stan Twitter um, was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone was really respectful, though, at my theater. It was fairly quiet. Everyone, everyone was attentive to what was happening on screen. But also, it was active, too. People were, you know, awe- awing over things and laughing, you know, when mm-hmm. members would say stupid shit. But, yeah, it was great. It was a really fun experience. That's awesome. Um, I was also at an AMC theater, but ours had assigned seats. And when I bought these tickets a month ago, um, I got two of the last four seats in the theater, and they just happened to be, like, in the top middle, like, third row, second or third row from the top and right in the middle. It was crazy lucky, the seats we got, because... I'm one of those people who's really particular about, like, where I sit in a movie. Like, I get to movies early because I want to sit in the vicinity of where I always want to sit. Because I just think it's the best movie experience. So I was, like, astounded to see these two seats. So I bought them, and they were great seats. But, I mean... We it's an AMC theater, right? So we were expecting like the big nice seats. No, no, they put us in like the oldest, smallest movie theater, like in this oh. whole theater. Like the seats were like really so small. Yeah, so <laughs> you disappointing. You don't get the heated seats and the recliner. Like the big recliners. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds so spoiled. stupid to complain about. I know, so spoiled yeah. because like we got to see it still. And people in my theater weren't really interactive in the ways that, like, yours was. Like, when you told me your theater was airdropping memes, I was like, oh, my God, that's the best thing ever. I wish that people were doing (laughs) that here. And I actually sent one out. um, But, like, nobody else did, so I didn't do it. I just thought it would be so fun. But... um, Yeah. It was really bizarre that that was happening. I don't know who started that. I mean, I just 
lucked out in the sense that I had my airdrop turned on already. Otherwise, I would not have known about it. Yeah, that's just so so fun. Um, <laughs> so I was there with Jordan, and so we it was kind of like a little date. Like we had had dinner before, which was really nice. And when we got to our seats, the two people in front of us were talking and one of them was like, oh, I was in Chicago at the second day. And the other one was like, oh, I was at Fort Worth and I'm nosy as fuck. So I was like, excuse me, did you say you were in Fort Worth? And she was like, yeah, said, oh, cool. Like I was there too on the second day. And she was like, oh, me too. Day two. She said, we got barricade. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I just ended the conversation then I don't know people seemed like they didn't really want to talk unless they already knew you which yeah which was I got that kind of vibe as well yeah Mm -hmm. I'm like like it kind of gave maybe because I'm just a defensive person but it kind of gave me like a standoffish vibe but anyways I was like did he or she sound snobby when they were like I was at barricade yeah Oh. And I, I could have been like, well, I got Yoongi's fucking water bottle. Like, you should have. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't because I'm not, that's like, Throw that's right not back me. At her. <laughs> yeah, no. You're too nice. I, but I don't know. Just don't be that other that way to Army. Like, don't be standoff to Army. Yeah. Like, be I nice. was telling people, like, I like your shirt. Oh my God. Like, whatever. Anyways. So people weren't like that interactive before the movie, but people were so reactive during the movie, like all in the right ways, all exactly the way that like they wanted us to have with the direction of this movie. Like people were like ooing and eyeing and laughing and like Mm -hmm. crying at the same time. And yeah, as if, if it, it was wasn't planned in advance, as, as mm-hmm. if it was like, I mean, it was like the fan chant of watching the movie almost like it was it seemed yeah. like it was planned, like everybody all like what I'm saying is the way that they directed this movie is was in a perfect way to get the same reaction from everybody at the same time. And it was very mm-hmm. army driven. Like, I feel like us would we would understand it so well, which is why we all had those same reactions but other people would also like people who aren't army or don't really know anything about BTS. They would get it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for the remainder of the episode, we're really just going to talk about certain moments throughout the movie that really stood out to us. And I think stood out to the majority of armies while watching. Um, But we're definitely not going to talk about everything that is shown within the movie, but hopefully we'll hit on some major highlights that happened throughout. So one of the things that was really neat that I wasn't expecting was Yoongi narrating the almost the entire thing, which was so perfect because his voice is so deep and rich and calming that it fit the mood of the movie. And it, it didn't fit it. He set the mood for it, really, mm, because completely. it is emotional and, and thoughtful and it, it makes us as armies really think about what it is like for them behind the stage. Yeah, you're right. His voice really carried all of that through really well. Um, Something that I really enjoyed about the movie, and at first I thought it was an interesting choice, but the clips of them performing on stage were often really short. Like it would have short clips of that and then it would go back to like, their lives essentially um or what was going on between the scenes and so during these performing clips the music was quieter almost like quieter than yoongi's speaking voice and at first i thought it was like a weird choice i'm like "Hmm, i kind of wish that i could hear like the loud song and like you know enjoy it but then i realized like that's not what this was for this yeah, wasn't for like a concert. It's not it mm-hmm. wasn't about the music, it was about the in-between. And it yeah. felt like those moments were far away kind of memories. Mm-hmm. Um and it was really enjoying. It really like it felt it's it it also set the mood for this for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think whenever you hear those songs, we've heard the songs hundreds of times. So it's just not a focus mm-hmm. point of the movie. And they did a terrific job with, with that by muting the sound just a little bit on, on when they were on stage. For sure. 
But overall, I think it was thoughtfully put together and it was a perfect balance between sweet, funny, and serious moments. Yes. Because I went in with the idea the idea of, oh my gosh, I need to wear waterproof mascara and bring my tissue box because I'm going to cry the entire time. Because we saw Burn the Sage, the YouTube, the Red YouTube series, mm-hmm. and that was just a roller coaster of emotion, really. And so that's what I was prepared for going in. But there were so many funny moments and just so many adorable moments, too, Mm -hmm. that I think really balanced it out. So you didn't feel just like a puddle of tears the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) And almost like the teary moments were almost like proud moments. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not really. I mean, there were moments that were sad because they either got injured or whatever, but it was mostly proud and thinking mm-hmm. about the future of BTS and how far they've come and how much they've accomplished. Yeah. So just to hit on some similarities and differences from the movie and the YouTube series, because you brought up the the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you've seen the series on YouTube, basically each episode was about a stop on their tour and then going to the next stop. Um, but the movie was like more of an overall takeaway from the entire experience. And yeah, I saw it as more focused on the group as a whole rather than as in individual members. Because the YouTube series, I felt mm-hmm. focused on one or two members for each episode, whereas this was entirely focused on the group as a whole. For sure. And they showed the crew more. And like they showed their actual faces instead of blurring them. And it was really cool to see them. Yeah. It was just really cool to see them celebrate together. And like, they're probably really close with their crew, you know? Yeah, definitely. There was one scene where it just wasn't focused on Young at all, but I kind of noticed him in the back corner and he was in, (laughs) I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) I noticed him in this separate room And he wasn't by any BTS members. He was just hanging out with crew members. I'm pretty sure there were just crew members around him. And he was just like talking with them and enjoying conversation with them. And I thought, Mm -hmm. wow, I can't imagine how truly close they are to these to their their crew members because they work every day with them and they Mm -hmm. travel around the world with them. So I'm sure they have to be close, but you don't really get to see that. And I think that's kind of neat in the sense that the crew members' lives are respected and, like, they're kept kind of... Kind of private. Privacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm sure the members are super close to a lot of them and consider them to be some of their best friends. Oh, yeah. And, like, I'm sure they're super grateful to them and, like, they are they have to be close, like, the amount of time that they all spend. But yeah, it is yeah. nice that they they have that kind of privacy about them. But it was cool to be able to see, like, little glimpses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some another like must talk about thing for this is Jungkook's exhaustion scene and this was like shown in the YouTube series. This freaked everybody out. We were like, "Oh my god, we can't believe that that happened." People went back and watched fan cams from that day and were like, "I can't believe that he performed this after like between that happening." Um this movie showed a lot more stress from the other members um, than the scene did during the YouTube series. Because in the YouTube series, it just showed a lot of what was going on with Jungkook, but it was not showing like the other members so much. And I just remember an especially worried look from Namjoon, mm-hmm. like burned in mm-hmm. my mind. Like it's like they're just backstage behind the curtain or something. And he's like, I mean, he looks so he looks like scared and stressed and just so worried. Yeah. And I remember him, he kept uh, yelling at all the other members, like, we can't push ourselves. We can't, you know, go outside of our limitations. You know, we got to put our health first. And mm-hmm. I, I think he just was so upset to see that Jungkook had pushed himself that hard because it was their, I think it was mm-hmm. their last show. And that is why he, in Chile, maybe, I think that's where they were. But yeah. it was their last show. Yeah. And he's, of course, thinking of ARMY. And so he pushed himself beyond what his body could handle. His limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And during that part, during that part of the movie, we had some narration from Yoongi where he was talking about how easy it was for him to put himself and his own needs Mm -hmm. aside. But like, 
when another member is hurt or struggling, he cannot stop thinking about them. And he knows that it's the same for the other members. And so just that kind of helped put it into, into perspective on like how much they worry about each other and care about each other. But, um, and like how impactful something like that has on the whole group. Yeah. And that really just shows how selfless Yoongi is. Because he, if he could take yeah. on all the hardships of all of the other members, he would. And you know he would. And oh, you know yeah, he would. So him saying that, I remember that part. I feel part, like yeah. any of the members. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. So another thing that happened that was also sad that I don't think was really shown that much during the YouTube series was... I don't remember seeing this part at all during the YouTube series. Yeah, I I feel that there was maybe a clip or two, but I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it. But mm-hmm. Nam Jun injures his leg pretty seriously. And they definitely show this a lot more during Burn the Sage of the movie than they did in the, the YouTube series, if they did at all. Mm-hmm. And it was just shocking to see how serious of an injury it was because they had to splint both sides and tape it all the way around from bottom to top, um, his entire leg. And he just looked like he was in excruciating pain. I mean, just, he looked miserable. And J-Hope came and checked up on him to see, he was like, is it that bad? Is it this serious? He's like, yeah, man, like, it's bad. (laughs) And it was just so, so sad to see. And then you saw Jimin off to the side, who was also kind of in the, I guess, like, rehabilitation room that they kind of take care of their their injuries. And... Mm -hmm. Namjoon checked up on Jimin, who apparently hurt his ankle as well, and his foot had been hurting. Yeah, and I remember this scene in the movie because Jimin was, like, saying, like, no, I'm fine. And Namjoon, this is, like, a little bit later. Like, he's not in as excruciating pain, but he's laying on the table, getting taped up, obviously more injured, and he's, like, concerned about Jimin and, like, trying to make sure that Jimin gets some tape. He's like, well, let's get you taped up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jimin is, he's trying to, like, be like, I'm fine. No, like, just worry about you and, you know, let them work on you. Mm -hmm. It's like he's trying to brush off his injury as well because he's more concerned about Namjoon. Yeah. Which is such a Jimin thing. Yeah. And such a Namjoon thing. (laughs) I know. But it really, yeah, it shocked me to see, like, the level of, like, strenuous activity that their bodies go go through. Um, Something that it makes me think of during this part where they're showing, like, the members get so worn out. Yoongi was narrating and saying something about, like, they say that idols burn out, like at like the six year mark and like that's when you start to like get tired or get injured or whatever and that's how long they've been doing this Mm -hmm. like they they are under so much like physical strain and i don't Mm -hmm. think we think about that as much yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um but shortly after all of that we got to see and by the way, all of this might not be in order, but like we got to see this amazing pool scene. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> the I was grinning best. ear to ear when I was watching this. Literally. So this happened when they were on a break during the tour, like a day or two gap, we think, maybe like we think mm-hmm. in LA. Um, yeah. But they are in this backyard that has a big pool and grill and table. So they're grilling out. They have pasta they have a ton of food that they share just outside standing around the table they have beer they have have wine they have they are drinking a lot um they're enjoying themselves they're enjoying themselves they're having a great time they're (laughs) we get this part of the scene where they're just like diving or jumping or flipping into the pool and we get about five shots in a row of Jin doing different forms of really bad <laughs> dives or jumps or flips. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> like, it'll, it, it would show, like, Jungkook doing it, like, a perfect, like, forward flip into the pool. Oh, And then course. it would show Jin, like, all right, I'm ready to do it. And it would be, like, totally, like, on his back or something, like, mm-hmm. just <laughs> not. Such a goofball. <laughs> Such a goofball ball 
Um. (laughs) And then after they're kind of just all jumping in and it has all these really dramatic shots of them doing these exotic flips into the pool, the camera then pans over to Yoongi, who is fully clothed, lounging in a chair under an umbrella, drinking a glass of wine, (laughs) while the others are just drenched and splashing each other in the water. And it's just so Yoongi. Yeah. He just like... (laughs) I love it. He was soaking it up, you know? Oh, of course. And I have to say this. Yoongi in this movie was just such a blessing and mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because he just looked so happy. To me, that is what I got from him. Mm-hmm. Every single scene I saw him, even though he was maybe working on a song and he was getting frustrated, he still seemed content and that he was okay with feeling writer's block or whatever. He just, yeah. just seemed happy to me. And that that means the world because I just want them all to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. I totally get that. You can really see that, like, right in that moment, you know, him just mm-hmm. chilling on those chairs. Yeah. Yeah, and we also got to see them, like, later in that little scene, Yoongi tries to, like, pop a whole bottle of champagne. Yeah. And it's so funny because they're like, have you done this before? Of course I've done this mm-hmm. before, you know. Like, he's, like, to- he is totally playing it cool. And they're, they are all drunk at this point. Like <laughs> They have to be. And he... They and he like shakes it up and then he tries to pop the cap off and he doesn't and then he did but it didn't even like spray out mm-hmm. like at all and he mm-hmm. wanted it to so he's just like thrusting the bottle forward <laughs> to try to get it to like fizz up and try to get it to like yeah. come out and it is the most like pitiful like thing yeah. it's just yeah it definitely just, didn't spray how he was planning it to do no it's really, it's another one of those really funny moments and, like, just kind of sweet, like, BTS are just normal fucking people who They're struggle to do. just normal people. <laughs> I mean, when you see this pool scene, you just think, wow, they're such boys. They're just mm-hmm. having fun and being stupid together, and they just seem that they're <laughs> embracing every moment of it. Yeah. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was, that, that was one of my favorite scenes for sure. Yeah. So another thing that happened that really stood out to us was they showed behind the scenes for the 2017 AMA's performance where they performed DNA. And I think this yes. was their first time, this was their premiere, I guess, for performing in the States on American television. Yeah, it was. Because Kayla, we had a party for this. Yeah, we had, a, when we, when this scene came on in the movie, I turned to Jordan and I was like, do you remember when we had a fucking watch party for this? Mm-hmm. When like, I was still in Kansas City, we really, like, I just yes. had all of my friends over, whether they stand BTS or not, I was like, you're coming to this because it was around my birthday. <laughs> so I played it off as a birthday party. I actually didn't tell my OT friends that it was BTS themed. Oh my God. I just said it's a, oh it's my, my birthday party. So they came and it was like. I mean, there was literally like <laughs> 20 people there. Yeah, guys, I <laughs> I took balloons. She planned games. I, I played like I played. Uh, we played three games. They were run episode games, like previous run episode yeah. games that I planned out. <laughs> and then I made everyone like team up. I had the teams planned and like the teams were ship names. Like you were either on like. Yeah. I don't even remember. I was on Team Soap. I remember You're mine. You were on Soap. I think I was on. Um, v cookman or v men cook or whatever like it was the maknae line <laughs> but it was really fun and i just i'll never forget it but that was further ama performance because it was a big deal oh yeah it was a big deal <laughs> um it was like do you do you remember like finally we got to the part of the amas when it's their turn and we were like everybody shut the fuck up and we yeah. like had the lights off we were sitting on the floor i'm pretty sure you were leaned like forward on the ottoman and by the end of it all of us in there who were like actual bts stands were crying like yeah i was like dragging the skin on my face just pulling down like no <laughs> this was too perfect it was like <laughs> it was such a big deal in that yeah. moment and like yeah. what they showed in the movie is how honestly so surprised bts was at how many fans were there But when they left, they were just so surprised at how much applause they got for their performance. It just was like they were so starstruck, really. 
Yeah, they had no idea. Um, and mm-hmm. there were people who were like camping out for hours by where celebrities enter just to get a glimpse of them. And they could not believe that. And I was like, if I knew for sure I could get right there and see them for a second, I'd fucking do it. Like, fuck yeah. I would wait a couple hours outside just so I can get a glimpse of them. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, and they could not believe that people were standing out there. They were like, he's, Namjoon said they were out there in the heat. Like, I'm like, damn, like, all right. Like, they're they had, always they, so concerned about Army, too. Literally. They, they're so caring. And, anyways, um, another thing with all the armies there. Uh, they BTS mentioned that celebrities were like looking at them like who are they because everybody uh-huh. was just screaming for them and they yeah. said that that felt really surreal like they just could not believe that was happening Mm-hmm. yeah it, I think it was a pivotal moment for them it really was I think it was the beginning of their immense success in the states yeah I think and so it's continuing to grow mm-hmm well, anyways, so <laughs> another scene that really is kind of iconic that might be showing up on your timeline. Oh my god! Is yes, Yoongi just drinking a glass of wine, with, oh, not even a glass, like a whole freaking bottle whole is right bottle. next to him, and he's like, <laughs> uh, he's just like writing music, man. Like it just gets to be draining a little bit, and it becomes <laughs> it is difficult, and I can't imagine. I can't even write one song, so having to be the main writer for the majority of their music i can't i can't imagine yeah he he actually said in the movie that he doesn't normally drink when he's making like writing music because it makes his head all fuzzy but like tonight Mm -hmm. was different or something and i just the fact that he chose red wine you know red wine puts you in a certain mood like i love red wine i'm so mm -hmm. on red wine right now (laughs) yes girl um, so I just feel this scene, big fucking mood. Like you can it's relate to it completely. It's a big fucking mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So another scene that obviously stood out a lot to me was the scene where Jin is having to exercise with like BTS's personal trainer, who I guess just comes into their hotel room at a certain time of day and is like, all right, ready for your workout. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but what I just love about this scene is really the interaction between the trainer and Jen. So I'm sure the trainer just like loves his job, obviously. But I just have this gut feeling that when he has to train with Jen, that <laughs> Jen is probably the most challenging client to motivate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh. So what is just so cute is that Jin is, of course, complaining and moaning the entire time, and he's, like, cracking these ridiculous jokes with the trainer. And the trainer, I feel that he just gives up. He just eventually gives up, and he literally falls forward on top of Jin, just overwhelmed with laughter <laughs> because Jin is being so ridiculous. And I just think it's such a it's just such a cute interaction that they decided to share with us that we got to see. Like Jin is still even in his off time in his hotel in his hotel room, training and conditioning so that he can go out and perform. Mm-hmm. Like it's very behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but like just seeing that he has <laughs> like these inside jokes and and that same kind of humor even with like. The BTS His trainer. athletic trainers. Yeah. yeah. And when yeah. in a in a moment like, you know, that's you know, there's not always a camera there for thing for like things like that. Like that would be the first mm-hmm. time. And it's not like that was an act for the scene or whatever, because you could tell that they were like so natural. Like they weren't putting anything on because the cameras are like the point is is that like this was real gin. Like this is just how he yeah. is. And it was really cool to see him interact like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that he's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like, so goofy. Literally. Um, so something that I really need to talk about... We is... all need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jungkook looking like a total fuck boy in that grout fit he's okay i'm sure like if you have not seen pictures of this you just need to look up like jungkook grout fit i'm sure it'll come up i'm posting it on our instagram literally fucking he was he was wearing like gray 
all, obviously all gray. It's a grout fit. Um, <laughs> the shorts were like exercise shorts that he puts both of his hands in the pockets and kind of like holds it up. And then he's wearing like a gray hoodie and he just looks way too fucking good. Like, yeah. And yeah. his very, <laughs> like his face is bare face. I think he maybe just got out of the shower, like just woke up. Like his hair is very tousled and very messy. But he looks like and such a man. He looks like a total man, but he looks like, like a fuck boy. But it's funny because like he's just the kindest, sweetest boy ever. Yeah, so you know that he's seeing, not. So you're just like, the way damn. he's standing, his like body posture is just like fuck, fuck boy. boy. <laughs> and but you know how he is, so you're like, this is the hottest dude on the planet right now. You said that people in your theater like flipped out. Nobody in my theater made a sound. Oh my god! I was just sitting there thinking like people in my theater <laughs> flipped the fuck out. Like people were like, what? Like jungle. Oh my god. <laughs> It was so perfect. I mean, how could you not notice him? He was just behind the couch. Literally. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he just, just was stealing stealing the spotlight. Stealing there. the show. Nobody in, in my fucking theater grout made a noise. <laughs> and I was no, sitting there. that's terrible. I know. I was sitting there like, oh, my God. Does anyone <laughs> else fucking see this? Like, yeah. this is, I think I said something to Jordan about it just because I was dying so much, like, to my own husband. Like, do you see how fucking hot Jungkook is right now? Because. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, nobody made Amber a sound. Amber and Sarah beside me, and we were all like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, goodness. God. And you guys were close <laughs> up, so it was, like, right above you. <laughs> oh, it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Amazing. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so another scene that I really love is when Jungkook, Jimin, and Jin are sitting on the floor of a hotel room and they're eating a meal and they're like just joking around, laughing, like Jin making jokes, like teasing um, and just like having a good time and enjoying. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Jimin just says, I almost cried my eyes out yesterday and they asked him why, and he said because, like, he messed up during his performance. Um, and this was, like... Yeah, during his, like, rehearsal. Yeah, during mm-hmm. his rehearsal. And immediate, immediately, there was a change in Jin and Jungkook's, like, demeanor. And they just, yeah. like, consoled him or said something, like, really nice and kind to try to, you know, let him know, like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm, Yeah. It was rehearsal. That's what rehearsal's for, right? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, like, when he messed up during rehearsal, he was just sitting there with his head in his hands. And we see, like, Namjoon sitting next to him and comforting him. And Namjoon is telling him, like, hey, no one is perfect. We all make mistakes. And he specifically, I remember him saying, like, you can't dwell on this mistake. or You can't keep thinking about this mistake or it's going to make you mess Mm -hmm. up again and it'll be a worse one. So, like, it's okay. Like, you have to be able to let it go and not be so hard on yourself. Something about this that made me actually shed a tear. I only cried twice. I thought I would cry more, but this one was just a little tear. Mm-hmm. And it was when, after the scene, Jimin walks out from the stage and back behind where, like, they have couches and places where they can just relax while they're, like, getting ready. Mm-hmm. And Young is sitting on the couch, like, on his phone, and he sees Jimin come in, just head down, shoulders forward, and then just plops on the couch on the other side of the room. And... Young looks up and he just notices this right away like something's off and I think he was probably there for the performance but I think he's just upset that Tae- uh that Jimin is still beating himself up over this rehearsal and so he says like are you okay like Jimin are you all right and it's so unlike Jimin to not say anything he doesn't even respond to him or even look at him he just kind of cowers into the couch and just like looks at his at his phone and like doesn't want to he literally like it wasn't even like he cowered into the couch almost he just like didn't even respond it was like he didn't even hear it he just stayed on his phone yeah like not saying anything it was and you're right it was so weird Mm -hmm. to see him not respond and not say anything and Young's response to this is what made me cry (laughs) because v-men Young, like, normally I feel that I would just let it be 
and that the person just needs to be left alone or whatever. But Taeyong got up and walked over to Jimin, grabbed his hand, and just took him out of the room to just separate him from, like, the cameras and, like, the crew that was probably in there just so he could talk to him. And that friendship moment was just seeing Taeyong be so active in that scenario to just know that Jimin needs someone right now and that, like, he wants to be the person to help him and to help him feel better about himself. You're going to yeah. make me cry now. I'm like, oh yeah. God. Yeah, like, I love that moment. <laughs> I also, like... Yeah, it's such a good friendship moment between them. Moment. It was so sweet. So another scene that I think was very unique to this movie versus the um, YouTube series is that we got to see a scene where BTS meets formally with Bang PD or Hitman Bang, whichever you want to call him. He's whatever. <laughs> but this is like kind of around billboard or amas like some sort of big event is happening or had happened i think it was right after amas that they had met with him and i think they were just Mm -hmm. kind of going over um the business side of things because what's crazy to me is with we all know who hitman bang is we know that he's their the ceo of big hit and that he's the one who really started Mm -hmm. this company where he wants the artists to to be able to express themselves and write their own music like that's what he built it off of Mm -hmm. and god it worked like it's yeah i mean bts is just it surpasses all the other companies really in in the k-pop industry Mm -hmm. um but anyways we don't really get to see him that often and we really don't get to see him interact with bts and for him being such a crucial part of big hit you don't see him interact with them that often which is strange so seeing this was really kind of intimate and uh, special so what he said to them and i'm sure that they talked about a lot of the specifics involving billboard and kind of what they have planned for the upcoming year or whatever um he focused a lot on bts and the members and their happiness Mm-hmm. And where they're at right now, and then also army. Mm-hmm. What I thought was really cool in all of this was like, how rare do you think that an artist of any music company, like signed to any label, whatever, signed to any music company, actually gets to meet with like the CEO of the company and has that close of a relationship with the CEO where you're gonna sit and talk to your you know, main producer who like has supported you so much. And one of the main things that that person who makes so much money from the existence of you cares about is your happiness, not how can we make more money, not we need to be better, not you need to do this, you need to do that. But he literally says, most of all, find something that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And like, it's he was just talking about that it's of utmost importance that they take care of themselves and that they are happy and he says that the success that they have comes with comes with stress and that's what leads leads artists to a lot of misery and he doesn't want that for them mm-hmm. so i just yeah. like i love this whole scene and everything and getting to see some of like the business part of it was also really cool because we never have gotten to see anything like that before. No, no. And what I love about it too is it gives me a lot of appreciation for Bang PD, even though I already had a lot of respect with like for him to begin with. But Mm -hmm. the fact that he cares so much about the members, he cares so much about army, but also that he sees that he sees the importance and the members being themselves and being true to themselves. And Mm -hmm. that is like a large reason to why they've become so successful is because, I mean, Kayla, we've said this before. They seem such like ordinary men that they feel like an arm's reach from us. Yeah. And they are, they are so active on social media and they talk to us all the time and we get content like almost daily from them. But also they just kind of come off as normal human beings because they are normal human beings. And that's a big part of what attracts us to them. Yeah. Because 
they're relatable. And I feel that I could, I feel like I know them, but I don't because of just how raw and open they are with us. And I think that is what makes this company so successful is because him and Bang sees that. He's like, you guys need to be happy and not miserable. And you need to be putting out music because you enjoy it, not because you have to. Yeah. And be able to be yourself. And like, yeah. Exactly. To stay true to who they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are like really grounded, I think, is like a good way to sum up everything that you were saying. Like, that makes them feel like they're Mm -hmm. in arm's reach. Um, Yeah. And Yoongi says that, he says, quote, our message would be a lie if we weren't happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is like, (laughs) ah. Damn. Emo. Emo. (laughs) Really? So another thing that's really cute that they show is BTS being really intimate with each other during practice for the Wings tour, where mm-hmm. I think this was just a laid-back concert uh, rehearsal that they had. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But they ended up switching songs with one another. They all just performed each other's songs or, like, learned the songs. And I think the purpose for this is that they have rehearsed and done so many concerts together that they have learned each other's choreography and they know each other's performances to a T that they're able Mm -hmm. to perform each other's personal individual songs. So Jimin ended up performing Reflection and Tay did Begin, which of course like, oh, that choreography, like he actually knew it. He got all that footwork. I cannot believe. But he was also silly with it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Yoongi did Awake and Jungkook did First Love and uh yes what I loved what I loved about First Love is how he tripped over that that edge on the stage it was it was really like a perfect example of this movie making us super emo because of like what Yoongi was narrating and just like how like cute this whole moment was with all of them and seeing them perform but this juxtas- juxtaposed with a funny moment that, like, he tripped. Like, I was not expecting to see that. And it just, during the end of this, just made all of us kind of laugh in the whole theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Hosok performed Stigma. So, we yeah. guess that means that Namjoon did Mama. Um, and... We don't remember this exact part of the movie, but sometime during their, um, like, rehearsal performances, we just kind of see Jimin just standing back in the audience in this awesome leather jacket, and he's just kind of, like, admiring all the members from, like, different places, like ARMY would be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very special. Yeah, me too. Okay. So a moment that was just, I think, a Uh, high point for a lot of the theaters around the world was when Yantan made his appearance. uh, (laughs) It's just, it was this close-up shot, this massive shot of him where he was coming out out of his bag and he was sitting there with Young, and you just see fluffy baby Yantan. He just looks so cute. And without a doubt, I can say most theaters, if not all, just went fucking crazy in unison. Yeah. Like yeah. we had been laughing and ooing and aahing the entire time. But like when Yantan like just popped up out of that bag, nobody expected it and like everybody went fucking crazy. Like it was so cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you see him come out and then there's Jungkook off to the side like, come here. And he's like, no, no, don't do that. And I think he peed. <laughs> and they had to, the, you know, oh, they yeah. had to clean up the mess. Clean it up. And then, of course, there's J-Hope who held on to him and was singing <laughs> mic drop like, did you see my bag? And making him do all the oh, dance Oh, yeah, moves. he made him dance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so cute. It was just adorable. It was just, and it was so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so adorable. Yeah. Okay, so one of the last scenes that I feel like was a really impactful scene for both of us and for everybody who was watching, um, 
so we're both going to kind of talk about this, but BTS was talking individually in this white room, um, like just a really well lit, like daylight lit room. And they're all like in fresh clothes and they just look really nice. And they were talking about what they thought the future held. Um, they spoke about like the end of BTS, but in an uncertain way. And, but they did address, like, they know eventually all of this, everything that's happening is going to come to an end. Yeah. And just hearing them speak about this potential end of BTS, even though it's kind of vague because they don't know and we don't know, mm-hmm. it made me an emotional wreck because, but in a blissful way, because I'm just so happy with how far they've come and all of the goals that they've achieved and that they're like, biggest wildest dreams have all come true but still like this is not even the high point of their success and I I have confidence in saying that but just them talking about this potential end like they they know it will happen eventually again like you said they were talking about this burnout that a lot of k-pop artist experience and a lot of artists experience Mm -hmm. around six years and so you know they they are going to eventually burn out. I mean, they are just so overworked in a sense, but also they're they're doing it because they want to do it. Um, but also, like, when I think Young and Yoongi hit on this, like, being able to express themselves and grow and explore as individual artists and, like, their styles, I just, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I just look at the Beatles. I always go back to the Beatles. I'm so sorry, but... It's going to happen at some point. And part of me is sad, but also a large part of me is happy for them because they've been able to live out their dreams. Their wildest and, dreams. Like, yeah, really. Yeah. I think dreams they weren't even dreaming of. Things that just... No. They never even thought to dream of because they thought, oh, that would never happen. Right? So... Right. Uh, yeah. And so I kind of think okay, maybe BTS or yes, BTS will come to an end, but we'll get to see them grow and explore outside of BTS in the future. Mm -hmm. And that alone is like a new era in itself. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. That is like, that's a really sweet sentiment. Yeah. We have at least eight more years of BTS because they have another year left in their contract and then a seven year (laughs) contract after that. So true. It's not going to be soon, okay? No. It's not soon. But they did talk but about when it. it is, and I think that's what made it but so they did talk about, sad and kind of well because sentimental. I think they also think about. I think they also think about like when the caliber of what they're doing, like the amount of work or the amount of big concerts. Like I think they're just expecting this to like die out. Like they might still make music, but they're not gonna have this amount of fans or this amount of following or this amount of influence. And they just feel like right now or they won't is tour. like their high point. Yeah, or they won't tour anymore or like whatever. Like I feel like that's also kind of what they think about, like the end of all of this as in like what is going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it can have kind of dual meaning in the way that they were approaching that question and answering that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's it's true. Um, just kind of the idea that it will happen eventually. And yeah, it will be good to see them like grow on their own I think yeah. but still I don't want to think about it I, yet. I'm excited though I'm curious to see yeah. where they go beyond BTS yeah. yeah and I mean I think that comes also from already seeing like Hope World and Mono and like individual um performances and stuff like that that we yeah like we love to see more of which i honestly think within the frame of bts it's not like they're stopped from doing that which is cool it's just that they don't have a lot of time to do it because for all of them bts has to come first yeah yeah so at the very end really of the entire movie they interlaced clips of them from debut and this just I mean, after this followed that white room scene 
So it really started to bring us all back to their beginning. And so we started reflecting on when from No More Dream and debut and just kind of bringing it all together as a whole. And it just added to the emotion. But something that happened in my theater that was particularly funny <laughs> was it showed a clip of RM during an early vlog when they did those like vlog videos in their studios. They're mm-hmm. like little tiny studios. And of course, he's got his dreads on, those oh, those really thick dreads, and he's got the massive glasses on his face, and he's, you know, I'm um, rap monster, not dance monster, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but he's saying that whole thing. <laughs> There's a girl in the audience at my theater who just yells, turn it off. (laughs) And everyone in the entire theater just burst out into laughter and started hysterically laughing at her comment. And it was just so perfect because it, it's a time that is kind of cringy. And I think, I mean, if you look back on any time in your life in the past, like middle school in particular, it just makes you like, oh, don't want to look at it like that. What was I doing? 2013 wasn't a good time for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when if you just like okay, that was 2013 Namjoon or 2012 depending on when those yeah, videos yeah. came out. <laughs> like, I mean, think about yourself in 2013, 2012. Oh, gross. God. <laughs> uh. Bangs. I had bangs. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, and I had um, yellow hair because I didn't know what toner was. <laughs> Yeah. And I had zero <laughs> confidence. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You just took it to a whole those new level scenes, there. So. We did. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, but those, I was just trying to make a joke. Oh. Um, but that, um, yeah, no, those dreads, like. And But seeing, like, all those other scenes also, because it started just with No More Dream, but it got, like, it showed us different comeback kind of, like, scenes and things that BTS had done, and that was just really cool to see, like, all those clips interlaced coming up to, like, the present time and kind of ending with, like, this view of leaves that had the sun shining through them and you could see like blue sky and they were kind of like yellow kind of green mm-hmm. and it kind of left us with like a really hopeful vibe and everything that they said in the white room and Yoongi's narration just kind of wrapped it all up and it was a beautiful ending yeah yeah I thought it was really well put together the whole thing yeah overall yeah. mm-hmm so, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I'm so happy that we got to do this Yay. episode because the the YouTube series had come out and we're like, how are we even going to do this? Because there's all these episodes Seriously. and they're all like 40 minutes and long. And come back. Yeah, it just, too much was going on. So the fact that they came out with a movie on the big screen, which incredible, mm-hmm. amazing, that we got to see them on the big screen in a theater in our hometown but, uh, well, not your hometown, but in your town that you live in, uh, yeah. really neat. And, and so I'm glad that we were able to talk about their behind the scenes really for their wings tour and even behind the scenes for more than that, like the AMAs and mm-hmm. award shows and even getting into DNA era, which was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so that was really cool because it was more of like a, reflective piece on their feelings and their experience of the tour as opposed to like the YouTube series which was really kind of like here's what was everything that was going on and it had some reflection from them too and some thoughts and like little aside moments but I felt that this was more in-depth and more kind of all-encompassing like we talk about how it kind of wrapped up their overall feelings of like how they've how far they've come since then, since before the Wings tour and now like after the Wings tour, Mm -hmm. which because I kind of got the feeling that that last interview was like way after the Wings tour. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, Um, definitely. So yeah. Anyways, tell us your favorite parts of the movie if you got to see it. 
Um, or if there was anything that we didn't talk about that especially stood out to you because we didn't take notes. Like this was just the things that we remembered from seeing it one time, but, um, Uh we obviously loved it. It was awesome. Um, you can let us know what you think about it or what we missed by emailing us at standingbtspodcast at gmail.com, or you can, Follow us and DM us on Twitter and follow us and DM us on Instagram at Standing BTS Podcast um, on both of those. And um, you can like our Facebook page, connect with us on there if that's your thing. And you can find links for all of that as well as our Patreon and our PayPal in the description. In the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.